entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 271. And it's Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. I didn't I know there was a. There. I didn't know there was an extra T in nineteen. Everyone should feel very blessed because they had two episodes released this past weekend, uh, and it kind of blessings and cursing. Or not really cursings, but disappointments and. Uh, no, that's not right either. But there is sunshine behind every cloud. <laughs> that's the truth. There's a silver lining. There were two weeks of clouds and then one beautiful day of sunshine. And today's another day of sunshine because we have a special guest with us. Wynn or Weston? And there's been some debate. Are you a twin or is there actually only one of you and you go by two different names? That is mm. a good question. Because we're not, I'm not sure that I've ever seen the two of you in the same room together. Have you actually not? I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm not positive you had Ruben. Uh, I'm sure I have. I'm uh, sure I have. Yes, yes, the legends are true. There, we are twins, and there are actually two distinct individuals. <gasps> um, one thing I would like to hear, has, is there ever, has there been a funny story where you two have been uh, mistaken for the other person, or when someone did think there was only one of you, and then the second one appeared? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and I know that's not why you came on the podcast no, to discuss, okay. but maybe just a little little rabbit trail. Yeah. That, that seems to be a common theme on the podcast, or a common occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, okay, let me think. I think two years ago, uh, Weston and I went to SMBI, and there was a an, a female individual there who was mm, rather blonde and gullible, <laughs> shall we say, possibly the most gullible person I've ever met in my life. And um, it was, so SMBI is, uh, each term is a six-week term, and I think it was probably about three or four weeks into the term until she actually knew that there were two of us. <laughs> and so uh, I think it was, we, we sat down uh, for supper the one day and uh, she was sitting on the one side of the table and, and Wes and I sat together and all of a sudden she was like, <gasps> and she just could not believe that there were two individuals. She just thought, I guess she thought that we just uh, really got around. No, you know what was actually so. happening? She was probably attracted to what she thought was one person and then, lo and behold, there's two of you there, and now she's confused about which one she actually <laughs> has a little crush on. That's what was going through her mind. Perhaps. I think she's buried now, so oh, well. at least that's out of the way. <laughs> and not to one of you. And, yeah. <laughs> or both <Because> of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the reason that, that uh, Wynn is on the podcast, he is a former co-worker of Leighton and Jeff, and he's been around the world quite a bit the last two years. And Leighton's the one that kind of... Uh, Pitched the idea to Jeff and I about about asking Wynn to join us. Technically, I asked him first, and then he agreed, and then I told you that hey, Wynn's going to be on the podcast. Technically, that's the way it happened. That's, that's like a technical that occurrence. Follow, that, that doesn't really follow the, the structure of the way things were supposed to happen, which right. is why I presented I it the way it should have been. Wait, job. so how far ahead? No, that's why I did with Louisa schedule too. Your guests. Uh, about, about 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Fabulous. We've had some that we haven't even scheduled on, and they just came and showed up and Sweet. sat down and started talking. That's fabulous. No, that's not true. Some guests are scheduled weeks in advance, but right. there's some that are scheduled a week in advance. Sure. And some are scheduled and some or several days. Within several days. 12 minutes. Or the day of. Uh, the day of, yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, Wynn has been at Hillcrest, where Leighton was at. Mm-hmm. He's been to S- at SMBI a few times, I think. Where yeah. Leighton has been at. Where Leighton has also been at. It's true. Uh, and you've also been overseas at IGO? Uh, no, uh, overseas with GTO. GTO. Yeah. That... Did I say IGO? No, you said GTO. I thought so. But I thought... Uh, when, when, when I was giving him a description, I was giving Ruben... I texted Ruben a description of what you would be sharing on, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm, I was pretty sure I put in GTO in the description is one of the things that you did. So is that a, a Pontiac? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. What does it actually stand for? Uh, global, global Tribes Outreach. Yeah, that one. Global I knew it was Global tribes. something. You know, an interesting tangent. So I went to a GTO uh, presentation, like, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever they were here. And oh, yeah, their, their PR tour. Yeah, their mm-hmm. PR tour. And I was, like, super impressed with how little they actually focused on their mission and how much they focused on the opportunities it brings like like they had just a really like it was more than just a presentation about what they were about Mm -hmm. they had like actually like uh three people speakers three people speaking Mm -hmm. and i would say two-thirds of the evening was nothing to do with gto it was more about people's personal experiences and like it was was really encouraging Mm -hmm. um but i thought yeah i thought it was really good that's actually something I was rather impressed with them. Um, like during orientation, before our trip, and then debriefing after the trip, like their—I don't know if I would say their main focus, but a main focus of theirs was not necessarily just to to get the people on the trip back for more opportunities with them. Like one of their main focuses was to help the people on the trip with whatever they were feeling called to in life or Mm. thinking of being called to in life, um, whether that had anything to do with GTO or not. Like, their focus was definitely not exclusively, like, with GTO. Mm -hmm. um, Bringing people and and keeping them... Bringing uh, people back with with GTO-related missions. Well, it's really cool. Because... Ruben, your boss is calling you. Again. Uh, Why don't you give a little bit of an introduction, Leighton, to what we're what we want to accomplish with today's episode. And then we'll also, of course, we got some feedback to get to as well. Well, uh, first of all, yeah, we do have feedback. Uh, but the main reason that I wanted to win on, the, I, I told him that the main objective, his objective of this podcast is to convince each one of us to do all the things that he did, mm. of which I've done too. <laughs> so my say. list is much, much shorter than the things that Jeff and Ruben have to do. I'll just have to really sell the GTO mm. aspect of it. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. Be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, so are you comfortable with starting with SMBI? Yeah. All fine. right. So, uh, what classes did you did you take? Now, hang on here. So you were you were at Hillcrest, then SMBI, then. GTO, no. Uh, I was at SMBI and then Hillcrest and then GTO and then SMBI. And then SMBI again, okay. Uh, well, Just okay. to like so, clarify. Yeah, I've been at SMBI for five terms total, but three within the last two years, which is where kind of my main time section of gallivanting around has been. Mm-hmm. I see. So why should people go to SMBI or and what was your biggest takeaway from your time there? <sighs> Okay, well, <laughs> so so two years ago, um, 
Weston and myself went there for third and fourth term. Weston is your brother. Weston is, yes. Your twin twin, brother. twin Weston. Ah, Tweston. Twin of Win. Tweston. Weston. You know, I could actually tell you guys apart more when you didn't have beards. But I think I'm getting used to it now. We'll find a way. Or when we you didn't, to. I should say when you didn't have a beard and Weston did. Right, right. It was pretty, it was pretty easy then. <laughs> um, I would say certainly one of the biggest takeaways from being in an environment like SMBI, um, I guess I'll go first to the social aspect, like certainly being with, okay, so we went to school for like the first four grades and then we were homeschooled after that. And, and I won't say that I was socially inept, but... Um, I wouldn't say you were socially inept either. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's a comfort. <laughs> um, but, but I would say that certainly, especially like not having any sisters and so like even even relating and, and carrying conversations with um, women, that was helped a lot through that, mm -hmm. through, well, all five terms, but like especially the first time we were there. It's okay. Jeff has that same problem. I know. I've, that, that's uh, something I've He's still trying to overcome it. Yep. <laughs> but, but he's, he's not, it doesn't <laughs> seem too bad. He's, he's further along than you are, but. Anyway. As, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. As far as classes go, um, so out of the past two year, well, out of the past three terms within the last two years, probably my, I'll, I'll pick the top two, uh, three classes, um, were Christian morality, which is essentially SMBI's ethics class, um, mm. revelation, which is eschatology, study of end times. And who, who taught the revelation class? Oh, uh, Elijah Yoder. Okay. Is absolutely fabulous. Elijah is. Mm. Layton's, he is Layton's nodding his head over here. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with what Wynn yeah. Wynn's assessment of Elijah. And um, and just this last term that we were there, uh, Discovering Our God, which is, used to be called Doctrines One, but nobody wanted to take Doctrines One. No, it sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> so they renamed it Discovering Our God, and it's full every term they run it. That's it's much better. Great. Interesting. Yeah. Um, essentially, um, Discovering Our God is theology, theology proper, like the study of the character of God and the character of Jesus, or, yeah, and then mm -hmm. the Bible. Or like the study of scripture. Yeah, sure. Um, so my takeaways from Christian morality, um, two years ago, one of the biggest takeaways would have been simply being able to better think through gray areas. Like like critical thinking. Yeah, critical thinking. So so the Bible doesn't spell everything out, right? Not everything is mm -hmm. black and white in the Bible. And and the one of the biggest um, clarifications, I guess you could say, that came out of that class was thinking about morality as morality ultimately coming from God's character, mm -hmm. not from the Bible, which, granted, is is our clearest revelation of God's character, but ultimately morality stems from God. And mm -hmm. so being able to think through gray situations from the perspective of not necessarily, oh, well, the, the Bible doesn't say anything about this, so uh, I'm not quite sure, you know, let me grab a principle from the Bible and shoehorn it into here. No, you, you can think about it in the character of who God is, who he is holy, he is mm -hmm. I mean, righteous, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, that was probably one of the greatest takeaways from that class. Mm -hmm. uh, Revelation, um, a greater appreciation for end times and a, appreciation for scripture overall, especially Revelation and the prophets that 
uh, the sections of the major prof- major and minor prophets that deal with that. Um, now, did they did they in that class did they did the teacher like push a certain view or was he a little bit more um, uh, considerate of the different views? Uh, no, uh, Elijah pushed primarily a um, pre uh, pre trib pre millennial view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, he did do an excellent job of saying, like, here are some issues that, you know, here, you know, here are some things we kind of run into that we find difficult to, oh, um, to explain sort of resolve or, with this. Yeah. Um, and he would give uh, views. You, you, he, you he would have, give samples of other views as well. Yeah. But he did teach predominantly from mm-hmm. that That's viewpoint. True. But even the like, even other views also would have problems then with other scriptures certainly so right and he obviously he feels like they have the most issues which is why he's what he is gotcha. <laughs> the other views have yeah, the other yeah. Views. a little question <clears throat> so in your study of revelation mm-hmm. did did a lot of did you also then in turn also study some daniel yeah some of, so, we some i think if i remember daniel. correctly i think we actually led with daniel like oh, before okay. we ever got into revelation we mm-hmm. led with uh, we went through, uh, I think, like the last half of Daniel or, or so, um, and then jumped into Revelation. Oh, also one of the things we read, um, Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, which is is a great book for changing your like perspective and thought process of heaven. I don't know if I would recommend it like purely for its uh, theological accuracy, mm-hmm. but but it does it it did do a fabulous job of like making heaven's heaven seem more exciting and more mm. real mm-hmm. like it's not like i was bored with the thought of heaven beforehand <laughs> right but but so, but it really did like change my thought process about heaven mm-hmm. so how does he change it from thinking that it's just going to be standing around singing in robes uh, how does it change from 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 that perspective <laughs> does that not sound appealing to you <laughs> Well, see, it's interesting that you say that because that's that's one of the things he addresses in the book is that that, that is like kind of a common conception that people have of heaven is that we'll, we'll stand around glorifying God for eternity, which which we will, certainly, mm-hmm. and that will be amazing. I think more amazing than any of us know. But even in this, e- even on earth, we glorify God in more ways than just singing and playing instruments and we should. Shouting. We should. Yeah. <laughs> we should. We do. We, some of us do. Right. Some of no, us do. No, but yeah, I, yes. yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. It should be our goal to, and every aspect of our life right. should be an act of worship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, he kind of takes the, he, he pulls the theme of that God will make a new heaven and a new earth, right? And, and so there's going to be a new earth. And, and he believes that, if I remember correctly, he believes that we're, we're still going to continue to make like scientific advances and, and technological advances as we mm-hmm. get through heaven. And that will be part of glorifying God is to continue to better discover his creation and his interesting, um, his display of himself mm-hmm. through creation. I see. Um, and so even, in a, you know, just like we should glorify God through our work, mm-hmm. our jobs here on earth, this, we'll do that in heaven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably even multiplied. Right. I mean, yeah. right. Infinitely. That's interesting because, like, I had always had this, I guess, preconceived idea that once you get to heaven, you'll just know everything. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. You'll just, when like, you get to heaven, everything will become clear, right? Yeah. And, and I'm, I think just like things all, will certainly be all more of science clear. on earth that we can't explain will just be like, oh, well, you know, that's how an atom works, right. actually. 
And, and like I said, that may not be the case. Um, you know, his book certainly has things that I disagreed with, but but it, it did do a really good job of of yeah, I guess revitalizing. I suppose you could say my my view of heaven and making it seem like a really exciting thing, mm -hmm. the, the the exciting thing that it will be. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what you took. Uh, oh yeah, from your first term, or that would have been the fourth term I was there. Fourth, the yes. fourth term. Yes. Oh, okay. It was fourth term. And the, it was fourth term the fourth that term that you I were was there. there. The fourth time you it, were there. Yes, the fourth the, term. It was fourth, fourth term, term and the fourth time I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning on graduating? Uh, no, not at this point. Okay. I see. The mm. thesis is just a real drawback. The thesis paper. That's a big I mean, wall. it's it's not that long, but it's just it's just no. Really, it is that long. <laughs> it's just not really something it's, that appeals what is it, to 10, me. Ten thousand words. Uh, ten to twelve. I can't remember for sure. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you're basically writing a book, a small book. I'm trying to remember yeah. what the longest papers were that we had to write in high school. It was probably, I don't know, but probably a thousand words. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I think seven hundred fifty. I, I don't remember doing a 2000 oh, in school. Than, more than 750. The research papers were only like 750 or 1,000 words. I'm That's pretty not sure. Bad at all. No, it isn't. Yeah, but like, yeah, like writing my blog now, I, I have a series of posts that I broke up because they were too long. And, and there's like five posts of around 1,500 to 2,000 words each. Nice. So, yeah, it, it's a lot easier as I get older and to do more things like that for sure. But still, twelve thousand words are those is, like is a fair amount. Are those on the same topic? Yeah, things you oh, consecutive, nice. like different different aspects of the same topic. And well, there it's you go, not Jeff. all just like I mean, and not this would be a bad thing. I, I would want to ask: Is there a certain there? Do they have a limit of how much scripture you can have in your paper, or you can just copy <laughs> and paste whole <laughs> blocks? I'm not sure. The Book of Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep, deep study. Thesis. I like Isaiah. <laughs> And then, here it is. There you go. This is why I like Isaiah. And then at the end, yeah, this is why I like Isaiah. <laughs> this is my favorite part of Isaiah. Yes. I highlighted it for you. Uh, oh, man. Jeff, what is your blog? You mentioned it. Uh, thelightonmypath.com. Do you still make entries on there? I do. Um, I When I first started, I was probably, I don't know, a post a month. But now I'm a, a post every three or four months. So pretty, pretty sparse. But when I get inspired, I write up something and put it on there. I don't think you tell us when you write stuff because it's been a while. Okay. The the, the well, I since guess you've told us, or since you've written. Something. I think about four about, about a month and a half ago, I posted one, and then uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't see it. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. another topic for next week's podcast. Yeah. So before we move on to your next experience, I think we should take a moment and review this coffee. I agree. This coffee was given to us by one of my relatives. And I've had it just out of a normal drip coffee maker, mm -hmm. and it, it's delicious. It's one of my favorite mm -hmm. coffees. It's a little muddy and dark for a French press. I think this is a little strong. Yeah. And it's because of the finer grind, because it's pre-ground and it wasn't coarse grind. But I still think it's pleasant. Yeah, it's got a Whoa. very um, it's like bodied, chewy. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was gonna say, but it, it almost feels like there's like something sweet right at the beginning, and then it goes into yeah. more normal coffee flavor. Mm -hmm. Is this flavored coffee? No, this is not. No, nope. so it's actually like a yeah, interesting. 
And he uh, guesses, before you look at the bag, and he guesses where it's from. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I looked at it already, so you guys can take a wax at it. Is it from a single origin? It is. Oh, my. Uh, is it in South America? Nope. <gasps> is it in the Caribbean? No. Is it in Africa? No. Is it in Asia? No. <laughs> is it in Europe? No. Does it come I, from Earth? Is it from America? the Earth? Uh, I think it's in North America. <laughs> oh, wow, Geography. Right, Jeff? <laughs> it's a mystery. No. Okay, no, it's not in North America. Uh, so it is in South America? No. Oh. I'm telling you, it's nowhere. It's, it's, it's uh, either this world. It's literally it from the Atlantic? Nowhere. Close. Somewhere in the Atlantic? Well, no, but in other oceans. Oh, sorry, not Atlantic. So I, mean, I meant Pacific. Pacific. Pacific, yeah. Yes, I did mean Pacific. So, so it's in the Philippines? Nope. Hawaii? No. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. Oh. Yeah, it's it's literally nowhere. I mean, it's just... What, it's, what continent Hawaii is it part of? I don't even know where that is. No, it's it's <laughs> not. It's like literally out. out in the middle of nowhere. It <laughs> I is, thought, it I thought is. every part, every land particle had to be part of a continent. Mm. No, mm. it's an island. It's an island. There's continents and there's islands. Isn't that kind of the definition of an island? It's like yeah. it's... It's uh, like it's Australia is an island. Oh yeah, I guess but it's no, it's a continent. Too. But they call yeah, Australia. It's also is an, an island. Oh, it's a giant island. Well, but, technically, every continent but is an I'm island. So, yeah. Even the yeah, islands, even the islands <laughs> that are in, it's just bigger. No, they're, they're, there's there's like big island. there's but a the, region. <laughs> there's a region that the islands belong to. I always thought that they were part of like the islands belong to one of the continents. Like what do they call what do they call uh, the where, where the Philippines are? Oh, in that, Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah, like that. The South Pacific. I feel like there's another term that starts with an M. Malaysia. No, that's a country. No. That's a country. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna <laughs> say I was gonna say Melanesia, but that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> no, don't make up words. Before we look, before we look any dumber, let's just move on. Uh, so, anyways, uh, this coffee. You're so dumb. Is good. It's good. It is. Yeah. It's got some great flavor to it. I, um, I enjoy it. I agree. It's like it, it's pretty strong. The flavor itself is like pretty bold. It would work well with like um, a, a sweet side. I think. It's from Kawi Coffee. Big Brutas Brutas Coffee. So. Um, Are you sure it's not supposed to be like a play on Brutta? Like yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, Big Brutas okay. Coffee. Yeah, interesting. Check it out. I, I I like it. I would give this a uh, as eight. Out of a drip coffee maker, it's a solid nine. Like it, it's mm. delicious. I, I could see it being better if it wasn't quite as strong. I we brewed it too strong today. Um, I'll give it an eight and a half. So, all right. Uh, we didn't. Do we also want to take this time to do feedback, or do we want to go to another win segment? Let's do another win because you have about three segments. I kind have three of, segments. Yeah, let's That's do another correct. win segment. Then we'll do the feedback. Okay. So uh, now onto Hillcrest. Hillcrest, our shared the experience. The crest of the hill. Oh, uh, before you start, sure. you, was your did your time overlap at all with Layton? No. Did it over? Uh, did his reputation precede him, or follow Pro, him? You mean Pro, down Pro, there? Proceed. Yeah, there proceed. were not received. There were very few. Let me try to think. There were very few VS staff that had still been here with Leighton, mm. okay. been there with Leighton, I should say. So there weren't Leighton stories floating down the hallways. No, not really. Whispered around. There like, were other uh, things floating down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flowing down the hallway. Flowing, yeah. <laughs> um, no, there were. I think there were two, uh, maybe two people who had been there with you or had come very shortly after when I got there. And then, of course, Ben knew who you were, Ben Riegsecker. 
Yeah. Well, and also the dean. Q. Oh, yeah, Q, Papa Q. Would have Q was dean while I was that's true. there. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, that's, that was my only question relating to Leighton. Um, yeah, so I went to Hillcrest in, uh, got there on May 3rd in 2017, and I left uh, November 17th of 2018. So I was there for a little over a year and a half. Um, to convince you, well, I only need to convince two of you. And one of you is married, and one of you is engaged, so this seems a little bit fruitless. Well, the listeners, then. <laughs> pretend the that, listeners, pretend that, that I'm one of my younger brothers. Mm. Yeah, pretend he's Nicholas. Ugh, oh, you're going to have to work hard at that one. I feel like it's harder than convincing Ruben. What was that, Jeff? I said I feel like that's harder than convincing Ruben. Probably. Um, I would say my biggest, uh, I'll just talk about my takeaways from it. Probably the, the two biggest takeaways were, one, to see the effect of a life lived for Christ and to see the effect, the long-term effect of a life not lived for Christ. So so you have residents, um, specific, I guess I'm thinking specifically of Crestview, the men's household. You have guys there who had obviously served God for most of their lives and had invested in community and in people and in their families. And then you had people who hadn't and had chosen to reject God consistently, had chosen to um, never have kids, to pursue their career for their whole lives. And and to see the effect, even even through dementia, to see the, the effect on their lives and on their behavior. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it was more than even just the number of people that came to visit them? Oh, absolutely. Which, that was a big factor, too. You would have the, these people who had um, served Christ, obviously had connections through church and through community, but then they also had greater connections through family. And so mm-hmm. certainly it was, it was one of the biggest indications was the amount of people that came to visit them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it was also through behavior and, like, the ones who hadn't served God just had there was this hopelessness about them. I, I have one in mind particularly, but like constant depression and just hopelessness. And it's it's it really does kind of bring to bear um, what the what the long term effect of serving Christ is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like I said, some of that is warped through dementia mm-hmm. and the decaying of the mind, but it is still very evident, mm-hmm. and that was a really cool thing to see. Um, so was it like a very consistent pattern that that the people who <clears throat> were Christians throughout their life were significantly better off in, in you know in the aspects you're talking about? Was it like a very consistent pattern that that Christians were and other people weren't, or was there a little bit of maybe maybe a Christian who didn't have good relationships with his family or something like that that kind of like crossed over? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, certainly there were, um, what's the word, degrees, I suppose you could say of, uh, maybe degrees isn't quite the right word, but there were obviously people who had made more good choices and and Christians who had made fewer good choices Mm -hmm. through their life and and in relationships. So obviously there was some, there, there was a spectrum of, even with the Christians that were there, there was a spectrum of, you know, their relationship with their kids and their relationship with other people. 
and and then of course there was also you know some had a greater um, degree of dementia than other people mm-hmm. than than other mm-hmm. residents did, and so all that you know plus their different life experiences and and their different physical conditions all that kind of played into it. So you know certainly there not all the people there who were Christians like I say were Christians who we believe to be Christians. Um, certainly not all of them had this amazing, you know, end of life experience, but, but across the board, generally, mm-hmm. you could say there was, they had a better, um, attitude and, and quality of life, quality of attitude mm-hmm. at the, at the end of their life there. And, um, was that still, that was the first thing. And the yeah. second thing, um, Patience. I mean, I know that that seems kind of self-evident as you work with older people or as you work with dementia, um, people affected by dementia. But it really is, and Leighton and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but mm. it really does develop your relational skills as as a professional and as somebody who's in charge of something very precious to other people right you you know you're you're caring for these residents and then their family comes in and you know whether they're they're the the resident is behaving well or not you have to you have to keep your cool and you have to care for them you know the same hopefully the same as you do all the you know absolutely you should um yeah the same as you do all other times mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but to you know keep your cool while the family members there and and you know do your best to care for the resident and can you know keep a very professional persona mm-hmm. on? Right. Would you have considered yourself a patient person before going to Hillcrest, or, or did you make huge strides during this time? Um, that's a good question. And there are different aspects of patience. Yeah. Like part part of it's like is uh I think being consistent. I think part of it is being not letting the pressure of the situation get into where other people can see it and you right. start getting angry or upset. I think I think probably the biggest, um, I guess, perspective on patients that I learned was to deal with what seems unreasonable. And you, you kind of figure this out as you continue to work with, with people, with um, residents with dementia and stuff, but some of them are essentially very large adults mm-hmm. or very large adults very large children very large babies mm-hmm. that is literally about the amount of processing power that they have mm-hmm. yeah and yet yet they there is some kind of there is some <clears throat> conflict with you know they do they do still have a life experience and a memory but to deal with what seems like totally unreasonable irrational off the handle behavior mm-hmm. was was probably one of the biggest things that that mm-hmm. I think I um, improved in, or, or um, yeah, improved in. Yeah. Were there any specific is- incidences that you can think of where uh, maybe a family member or friend of one of the residents was visiting, and you got angry at the visitor for something they did to the resident, or a certain way they acted towards them? Uh, internally, yes. Yeah. Externally, no. Okay. <laughs> no. So they're not the people, the family members and friends aren't always, what very very kind towards the the people that are that you're taking care of the residents. Is that what you're getting at, or, or 
Um, you say more just like you were upset that they the way they treated you. <laughs> no, no, no. Most of the family members were fabulous. Um, no, certainly there were times where um, the, the family members didn't relate well with the resident. Um, but like I said, that's part of that professionalism mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. keep your cool and you know try to mitigate any potential conflict and care for them, care for the resident, and and care for the family because that's that that was actually a bigger part of my work there than I actually expected it to be was to to care for the family, not you know maybe not in in certainly not in the same way, not the same depth you do for the residents, but like you know even. When they sit down, you offer them a cup of coffee or a glass of water or a glass of sweet tea. Everybody loves sweet tea down there. Yep. And, you know, taking time to chat with them and, you know, especially if it was, you know, especially if the the, the resident was going through a tough time that ha- that takes its toll on the family. Mm-hmm. And and to, yeah, I guess it was, it was more a part of my work than I was expecting mm-hmm. investing in the family members of the residents. Right. Well, and and also especially if the if the resident passes away, yeah, uh, Hillcrest is very involved. Normally, Hillcrest is very mm-hmm. involved with the funeral, yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of times they'll get Hillcrest guys, well, Hillcrest people to to sing, yeah, at, at funerals. Frequently. Uh, sometimes I I, th- I think even sometimes pallbearers. Uh, I could I be wrong. Don't know if that happened. Well, I I, I never I, I never did. I that. saw it happen. I never did it at least. Once or twice while I was there, where a couple of Hillcrest guys were pallbearers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, you're you're very involved with the family of of the residents mm-hmm. as well. I think for me, uh, I I learned how to. I, one of the biggest problems, like, I enjoyed being a nurse's aide. I did. Oh, absolutely. Um, but one thing that made me realize that the medical field is not for me was the amount of stress that goes with it. You're 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 dealing with life. Yeah. Uh, and you're you're in ch- you're being put in charge of something very precious like mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and it, that that was just a lot of stress for me. That that, that is something, and I know that can freak people out. That amount of, of responsibility, and, and it was intimidating. But that that was actually one of the things that drew me to Hillcrest in the first place mm-hmm. was was the aspect of personal care. I, I mean, personal as in, you know, dealing with persons, dealing with individuals. Mm-hmm. Not like, I'm not, I'm not saying that doing things like, say, you know, choice books or, or, or other more um, material might not be the right word, but material more you're not, you're dealing with people, more, yeah, you're more with... excellent, more more labor type service. Yeah, um, th- those are excellent as well. But but the the aspect of personal, very personal care, and and um, relationship that went along with serving there was one of the things that really drew me to Hillcrest in the first mm-hmm. place. Do you think that is it something that you'd consider doing as a vocation in the future? Um, unlikely. Or anything in the medical or uh, nursing home field? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I still am really glad I went to Hillcrest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so we've got one more segment. We've got some feedback to get to before we do that. 
there was one, someone sent us a message on Facebook, and he had a, a technical question about the podcast. Mm. Really? Did any of you receive any feedback today as I'm waiting for my phone to load? No. All right, here we go. Josh Beachy asked, I'm curious what kind of microphone you use. Also, do you have any recommendations as far as buying budget mics? The microphones mm. that we started out using? Wait, 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 wait. Before he asks, or before we answer, yeah. I think we should find out if he's planning on starting a competing podcast. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good <laughs> if point. If he is, that is an excellent yeah. point. then we should give him even better, more accurate advice and just let him uh, the the mics that we started out using with was a USB microphone. Those are blue Yetis, right? Yes, blue snowball. snowball, snowball, snowball Yeti microphones, and they look like a snowball. And we had we set up three of them or four of them, and they connected through USB, so we didn't need a mixer. We just plugged it in directly in the computer, and hit record. Well, but each each one needed computer a computer that's true right each was, separate microphone each yeah. microphone needed a computer mm. now because you know maybe you today only have one microphone input into a computer oh yeah i can see that uh, well no you have multiple but for some reason i don't, I don't think it worked back then to, oh, to okay. plug multiple usb microphones in because you could have gotten a hub gotcha to plug it in but uh and who knows that might have changed now and I would definitely start off with that even if you have two people you can share a microphone fairly easily and they have settings where they pick up the, the, the sound around you. Uh, if I'd be getting a, a USB microphone now, I wouldn't get the Snowball. It is, I think, $50. It, they're, they're very, very, or I say very cheap. They're relatively inexpensive. like A lot cheaper than what they used to be. Yeah. And you, the truth is, you could also find a used one on eBay or, or Amazon, possibly. But if you... Certainly on Amazon. If you want to spend a little bit more on a USB microphone, I would get the Yeti. Uh, I think it's just called the Yeti, maybe. Man, <laughs> this is bad no, I'm marketing trying to... because si since then, since you've started like, it is. It's podcasting, just, it's just called the Yeti. There's now Yeti like mugs and like the Yeti coolers and like, you know, the Yeti brand mm -hmm. thermos. <sighs> Who would have thought? And those are, those are $130, wow. but it is a better microphone than the Snowball. Is it yeah. five times better? Uh, probably not five times, but it probably is twice as good. Okay. Now, what we're using today, I don't even know what the model number is. It's a C1. Uh, Isn't it a Behringer? Am I wrong? Well, that's our mixer. Our mixer is a Behringer. Like, oh. But we have microphones that plug in with an XLR connector, and yeah, we, we, can, we can plug in a phone. To, that's why we play Jeff's jingles sometimes. It is a Behringer. So it's a Behringer C1, and they're not they very... the microphones. Yeah, they're not very expensive microphones. I think maybe... I'm thinking $70. Yeah, 70 Fifty to seventy dollars. Yeah, but but with that you do need a mixer then, that you can then plug into your computer. So it needs to be a USB mixer. They they do make a USB version of the C one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Behringer does. Okay. So if you're gonna use a mixer, get the XLR. But if you're only gonna use, if you want just a USB, just a single microphone, you can you can find a USB version of the C one. And the Yeti ones have a stand that you don't need. They just stand on a table. Yes. But, but these uh, C ones that you do need. An actual microphone holder, holder of some sort, a little mount. Anyway, yeah. If anyone has questions about podcasting, definitely send it over. We use Blueberry uh, Audio Hosting for hosting the podcast audio files, and you can use a web your website hosting. But depending how much audio you save and how much traffic you have, it's going to crash the website. 
Um, so yeah, feel free if anyone has questions, even if you're a competing podcast, <laughs> we might help you out. In fact, we probably will. <laughs> All right. What is, <laughs> I know. That's, well, that's quite the commitment. Very generous of us. What is the third step of the journey? Third step. So, um, after, so I left Hillcrest in uh, November on November 17th, um, in 2018. And then I was home for about a week and then I left for Asia. And so I, I'd been to Asia before. Um, that was actually where our Hillcrest mission trip was. We went to Malaysia and spent two weeks in Malaysia. Um, and that's kind of where um, I got, uh, I guess you could say, got a taste for Asian culture and Asian people. Um, and then Nicholas Funk, my best friend coming out of Hillcrest, we decided, you know what, we'd like to do something you know, together after. I have a question real yes. quick about Nicholas. Yes. Your best friend? From Hillcrest? Correct. The closest person that you had um, there. I have a question. Is he related to Tyler Funk? He is Tyler's cousin. Okay. That was mm -hmm. one of the first questions I asked him. He looks so much yes, like him. It's crazy. They, they look very... Tyler Funk used to be my, my teacher in school. And it's just, yeah, the way they, they look very similar. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, all right. My curiosity is satisfied. Is he from yep. Pennsylvania? He is. Yeah. Is he related to Kendrick Funk? Uh, yeah, Kendrick's brother. Okay. Well, like Kendrick went to FB yeah. just recently. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Like dark hair. I went to Bible school with him, so. Intriguing. Wait, where at? M Maranatha. Mm. Sorry. Is he related? Uh, to <laughs> 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 He's waiting. I was kind of hoping for that. <laughs> need to go around the circle and ask about all the funks. Uh, I don't, the only funk I know is Mr. <clears throat> funk. Which was that, that is Tyler. Tyler. Funk. Tyler. Yeah. 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 And that was already asked, so no. I have no more funks to offer up. You have no funky questions. Nope. Wow. <laughs> you went there. Yeah, I did. Sorry. It's all right. right. <laughs> anyway, so where was I? Oh, so we decided we wanted to do something after Hillcrest. Um, and so our contact group um, for the Hillcrest mission trip was GTO. We weren't directly involved with GTO, but they were kind of the people who set up our our. Um, guide and stuff in in Malaysia and so um, coming back from that we're like well let's just look at their charge program and the charge is a five-week like co-ed um, mission trip program with um, their their slogan for the charge program is catch a glimpse and and they do trips all over Southeast Asia um, and yeah that actually sums up the purpose of the charge program really well is to catch a glimpse for the people, the culture of Asia, and what God is doing there. Um, How long is the charge uh, trip? Uh, roughly five weeks. Five weeks, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's an off-the-wall question. What is the weirdest food that you ate while you were over there? The weirdest food? Um, weird. I would say the worst food we had was durian. Durian fruit. I don't know if any of you know what that is. I mean, no. Leighton heard you I only, it I only know it because what you described uh, <sighs> Sunday night. Durian is. At church. It is a spiky. Uh, let me let me find the picture on my phone here. But it it's uh, the, the outside shell is kind of a spiky green color. And the, the inside is... So... Fibery? Ish. So the, durian is called the king of fruits. And it has a very distinct smell like generally my my, my go-to description is imagine reuben ate 
a ton of fruit, and then he died. And then his corpse was rotting in the sun for a few days. That's kind of the smell. Ah. Like, it, it legitimately smells like a corpse. Like so a kind human of a, flesh <clears throat> kind so of a fruity, rotting fruit. Kind of a fruity corpse. So here's what I'm imagining is <laughs> this, is this uh, pineapple-skinned cucumber shape that's about halfway in between both of them in size. So there's oh, that, that's, that's what, that's what the outside off. looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've had something. It looks like a spiky orange that looks similar to this, but clearly not exactly that, like. Yeah, this. that that no, the, the the part that you eat is not that that is not the part that you eat. That's the outside yeah. peel or rind or whatever. It's it looks called. like um, the fruit version of a pine cone. But it, sure, you you guys have the seen fruit version of a pine cone. Oh, kind of. It looks kind of I like mean, those. Do those spiky. things on the outside? So the spikes look like they have like a crack around them, around the base of them. Does it like break off? Does it have a peel that you can like peel, or is it like no? You have to split very it. Very fleshy like coconut. Oh, so like, is, it's a very thick. Is rind. it? Is but is it? Is there is a rind to it, and yes. it's like that you have to get through to get to the meat. Right, but the the the. The edible part inside is 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 kind of car- compartmentalized inside, like in the the fruit itself. Is it like in little oh, chambers? Oh yeah, okay. Um, anyway, I, I would describe it as a pineapple's angry cousin. <laughs> yeah, sure, it works. So what's so bad about it? I mean, it's fruit. So okay, like- so first of all, it stinks, and then so imagine. Okay, so like you know when you if you boil milk or tomato soup and then you let it sit, it gets that oh, the, skin, the skin on the top, on top of it. Yeah. The the part that you eat is kind of a yellowish color, mm-hmm. yeah, a pale yellow color, and it has a skin kind of like that around the outside of of the glob of fruit, mm-hmm. and then the inside. My best description of the flavor and one that has been agreed on by multiple people is is garlicky, rancid banana custard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, with and it's got like kind of stringy. Um, fibers in in the fruit, and um, especially the inside part is is just kind of glavari. Um, yeah, that makes sense to Dutch speaking people, but I don't. I don't really uh, it's know. like like jello jelly or or, or like, but, but um, gross jello. Yeah, I kind of think like, like pudding, wa- watery but like jello, bad pudding, like yeah. almost like a like raw egg ish. Yeah, or, or, or yeah. You're, you're eating an egg, but then the inside isn't quite cooked. Yeah, that's like a creamy. Egg. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, perfect, perfect description. Pretty, pretty atrocious. Anyway, um, and so the flavor is not appealing. And when we were over there, with actually this would have been the Hillcrest mission trip. It was in season, and so every person that we visited who had, well, you know, pretty much every person that we we visited offered us durian, and it was as part of the culture, very impolite to refuse. Uh-huh. So we had our fair share of Dorian to consume. Dorian, it, was, it sounds like a, a good enough name, like a nice enough name. I would expect the fruit to at least be expensive and, and uh, tasty and delicious, but it sounds like it's fairly cheap. It is expensive. Oh, it's expensive? Oh, it's very expensive. But if everyone has it on their trees... Yeah, but I mean, like to to purchase in the market, it is more. Durian expen- doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> oh wait, it does. <laughs> like to purchase in the market, it would be more expensive because okay. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of considered a delicacy over there. It's mm-hmm. not like an apple. No. Okay. So it's kind of like caviar. Shh. Not at all in the same like uh, t- taste or anything like that. Sure. But it's expensive and it doesn't taste good. Sure. So I, don't, it- I don't know what the the price difference between durian and and other fruit that would be more common there. I just know it is more expensive. Mm. Um, mm. 
Interesting. So what what drew you? I, you want to do something with your friend, but was there what was specifically was it about GTO that you decided let's go do the charge instead of some other uh, adventure or or mission? Um, we had an excellent experience with them when we when we were involved with them in the Hillcrest mission trip, um, and also their trip schedule worked perfectly with the schedule that I had. So I left Hillcrest, was home for like a week, went on the heart the charge trip, was home for a week, and then went to SMBI. So it fit. The trip schedule also fit perfectly within mm-hmm. the time slot that I kind of had. Um, so, and if you'd be trying to convince two married and one almost married guy, and possibly oh, you can go over as couples. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I thought I was getting passed. <laughs> that's one thing that I thought was actually kind of interesting in their presentation that they brought that out. Like that couples, even dating couples, can go mm-hmm. oh, on this. Safe. And I just, I just thought it was like a, a very different <laughs> idea. Like most places would say. Well, if you're dating, you probably shouldn't even go on this right. type of thing. Well, there you, know? you go, Jeff. <laughs> Open invitation. There's uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we went back with charge. And our charge trip was um, GTO's base is in Malaysia. Um, and so most trips route through there. Um, so, so our orientation and debriefing was in Malaysia. And then our trip itself took place in Thailand. Uh, mostly we spent time in villages around Chiang Mai um, doing work with uh, churches out there. Primarily we were with different pastors and different missionaries, um, like uh, uh, native missionaries, I suppose, out in the villages. And then we'd follow mm-hmm. around them around and they would be our translators and guides and, and whatever throughout. Um, and probably about my biggest takeaway from I would say the entirety of the charge trip. One of the biggest takeaways was to get a vision of what the global church is. Like, so, you know, you're in Wednesday night prayer meeting and somebody say, hey, make sure you pray for, you know, whatever the term they use is, the global church or the church at large or the church throughout the world or the church in other countries. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Let's pray for them. And But at least for me, there wasn't really a... There wasn't really a connection with the idea of the global mm-hmm. church, and and I had been in mission trips and stuff to to uh, Central America, multiple mission trips there. But um, I guess in in a new way, on this trip, I got an idea of what the global church is, and and really got a personal connection. You know, because you can put faces and you can put people and people groups yeah. to that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, I guess another thing that I just thought of. The, these villages back, uh, especially the more remote villages, have very little ability to teach themselves the about God. Mm-hmm. So, like missionaries, Baptist, Lutheran, whatever, would come through and you know would convert a village and then would leave and move on to the next village, right? Because they were saved. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of these. Villagers, especially the the one village we were at, uh, was probably about the most remote one we were in. It was absolutely atrocious. Roads getting back in there took us like uh, probably close to eight hours, maybe six hours. It was unbelievable. They, I think everybody in the village except for the chief could not read. And so imagine, you know, missionaries coming through and, and preaching the gospel. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. But then they leave and, and this village is left with no real way to teach themselves about God. Mm. They, they, they know about God and they've been 
taught, I guess, the very, very basics and, and been saved. But they they have no personal way of teaching themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was really um, convicting. Maybe not convicting, but it was it was really interesting to, to think about the fact that even a skill like reading, which I would consider to be an exceptionally basic life skill, mm. can you imagine trying to like grow as a Christian without being able to read, without being able to read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, especially we were with this, uh, this one lady for about two weeks. And what was her name? Mm, I probably won't say. Oh, I don't remember how much of this stuff is supposed to be confidential or not. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. No, that's all right. Um, and we were with her for about two weeks, and she was she and her husband had moved to her husband's village, and um, Buddhism is very strong in Thailand where we were at. And there was a the lower village. Uh, it, I mean, it was all kind of one big village, but there was a lower part of the village which was Christian, and an upper part of the village which was Buddhist. And they moved into the upper part of the village. Um, and this this lady, missionary lady, she has an incredible story. Um, amazing the way God has clearly worked in her life and given her very obvious answers to prayer. And um, so she has this incredible story, and she's gone through a lot. And she did, um, she, she was kind of the main, she did most of the missionary work for, for the couple. And uh, her husband supported her, which was, yeah, it was fine. Um, but so, so we went with her out to a bunch of these villages, and it was amazing to see, like, the desire that the people had, like, every village constantly asking, you know, can, you, can you come back every week and, you know, teach us? Because they were so hungry. Wow. They had no real way to learn. And she and her husband have a family. It's, it's not like she's a, a lone wolf out there being, you know, with no mm-hmm. constraints. Um, or restraints. Or restraints, uh, I guess. That's, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but... It's not like she was just free to do whatever she wanted. And, and yeah, it was amazing to see the hunger that they had to learn, mm-hmm. um, especially without, you know, no, no real, no really good way to learn themselves apart from having other people teach them orally. Yeah, like think about it. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast can go on the Internet, yeah. can go buy a book, can read it, can research to their heart's content. Exactly. All, all it takes on our part is some effort and even effort on their part. Even something as simple as like knowing really how to pray and what prayer is, that, that was not really a concept that they had a good grasp of. Wow. And so even something like praying was, uh, I don't know if I would say foreign, but certainly not a very familiar thing to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy to to meet people in situations like that and it, it kind of um it really puts not that evangelism is, evangelism isn't important it certainly is but it, it did put a more it did put more importance on discipleship uh, in my head mm-hmm. you know rather than just going and oh yeah you're saved excellent let's move on mm-hmm. having some way to help the people continue to develop and to learn about god all right I don't know if you want to go into this, but before the podcast started, we had a little bit of a discussion about the difference between uh, time constraints and time restraints. Well, I don't think it was necessarily time. It was just the, just in general. Oh, in general. The, <clears throat> those two words. What of, is a constraint? Between constraint and restraint. All right. Mm. 
Do you have a good distinction? I, I'm finding conflicting distinctions. Oh, that's irritating. Well, not necessarily conflicting, but it's hard to make them jive properly. Like, uh, go ahead and say what you found, Layton. I found that they're actually almost antonyms. It Interesting. Can, okay. Uh, when you constrain something. What's your source? Well, uh, dictionary.com. Okay. Which I know is a dot com. It's not. No, planned, no but that works. Anyways. <clears throat> so constrained, like uh, to do something in a constrained way, like uh, a constrained uh, manner or mm -hmm. a constrained confession, it means forced, compelled, or obliged. So mm -hmm. almost forced to do this thing. Oh. Mm -hmm. Forced to do something in a certain way. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Isn't that, it, isn't that kind of some verbiage used in uh, like the English translation of in, in the New Testament? Like, it doesn't Paul talk about being constrained to do things sometimes? I don't know. I oh, yeah. For sure. I, I, that sounds familiar. And then restraint, a time restraint, or the, to do something. Well, you, you, everyone knows to, to hold back right. from. Mm -hmm. uh, so restraining, or I have a time restraint, means I am being kept from doing something. Uh, yeah, I would be, I would not be able to do something if I had a time restraint. Mm -hmm. Constrained would be, I am being forced to do something. Mm -hmm. I'm being forced to make time to do something. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So I was kind of looking at the same thing from opposite, opposite angles. From, from what I came sure. up with was, Ish. was that a constraint, constraint versus restraint, both of them prevent you from doing something, but the one is imposed upon you and the other one is self-imposed. Hmm. Hmm. So like, like if somebody puts you in a prison, you're constrained into that prison cell. But if you choose to not eat pizza because you're on a diet, that's you're restraining yourself. Self-restraint. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then another idea is constraint refers to imposing a restriction and limitation Whereas restraining is more holding back. Well, I mean, that that was yeah. That's good. So somebody uh, somebody else said, constraining is something that somebody else opposes upon you, where restraining is something that you oppose upon yourself. Okay. Well, I think yeah. <clears throat> There's general consensus now. I feel like we took a uh, segue that didn't really. Yeah. We didn't even like really. Like, follow up with with wins what he was talking about I know. Right. with charge yeah That's all right. i'm thinking of some here's another tangent but shouldn't a restraining <laughs> order be a constraining order but it was by their own choices, Jeff. Well, see, that, yeah, that's that's why. No, I somebody actually, else. I'm is actually not sure if there you. is a general consensus because I don't know that I would necessarily agree that restraint is self-imposed. I, I would probably Especially act after my time at Hillcrest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we were we were told that you know if Wait you a minute. if you, you use put, restraints in Hillcrest. No, we were okay. allowed to, right. which yeah, okay. is why it was <laughs> okay. Was okay, but then but we in that case, very restraint is holding back. Restraint is holding something back, or to be held back, or to be held back. Yeah, that's probably a more. Because, like, a constraint, like, I'm not being restrained by this wall. If I push against it, I, I have no, like... Well, I mean, sort of you are, aren't you? All right, we need to, we need to stop. <laughs> it's know. time to All stop. Right. <laughs> uh. Wynn, thank you for, for sharing. Um, no problem. And I think... 
you're so you're leaving. You're gonna be around for one year, and then you're heading generally. Yeah. Then you're gonna be. Well, what are you? Did you, I don't think you talked about that on the podcast. We we're talking about no. before the episode, but right. you're planning on living here in Northern Indiana for a while, for some set of time, and then what are your plans kind of after that, or what, what do you feel called? Yeah, so my tentative plan is to be home and work for about a year, and then go on the uh, whatever the earliest edge team is that GTO is running in 2020. Um, that's the plan. And how long is that? Another six week, or is that a longer term? Uh, edge is six months. Six months. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like we've got a little bit of a taste what life has been like these last few years for you, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been quite a ride. It has been. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you again for, for coming on. Any closing comments, questions, Leighton, Jeff? Nope. Right. No. Leighton, what's the point? I don't have any points. You don't have any points. I didn't, what? I didn't take any points. <sighs> the point is that Leighton well, has it, lost his grip the on reason, the point. The point is Leighton got distracted by words. Yeah, <laughs> I did. got distra- distracted by a completely semantic discussion, not otherwise. Oh, oh, oh! Well, we I, I do want to. I do want to shout out. The to point somebody. is that there's parts of the world that aren't part of continents. That's true, or and also continents are just oversized islands. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to shout out to somebody about getting to the point. Uh, and and I was at a church service recently, and the uh, discussion leader during our Sunday school time, um, at the end of the Sunday school time, he said, so what's the point? And he is a, an avid FPP listener and looks directly at me right after he says it. And I know that he thought the exact thing, same thing Excellent. that I thought. So it, we're, we're rubbing off. We are that. showing up not only in our pastor's lives, but also in our church life. You guys have just blossomed. Gotten into everything. <laughs> Lane, what's our word of the week? Word of the week is uh, durian. <laughs> <laughs>